Welcome. Wow, it is so great to have you all on here today. I'm so excited about today, and I don't know about you, but just God has been speaking into my life like crazy lately. I'll elaborate on that just a little bit more later. But just let me point you to a number of items. Hey, the IPS school was ecstatic to have all those Christmas stockings returned to them. They were filled all the way up. Thank you so much. That organization is so incredibly grateful for our partnership. So well done. We impacted those 24 families. Additionally, we just finished a Secret Families this past weekend. Uh, the organization had over 24 families as well that we were able to bless with Christmas, so over a hundred people. We were able to sponsor four of those families just from our church. So way to go, guys. Thank you so much. Hey, next week's next week. I'm so excited. Can hardly contain my inner elf. <laughs> just kidding. Kidding about the inner elf. Hey, I'm, but I am excited about Christmas at Emerge next week on uh, 12 20th. Uh, at 10 a.m. We're going to be gathering during, during our normal gathering time. We're going to have some extended worship, our candle lighting, and a message. And this will just be a great time for us to reconnect and get recentered to the one who is the reason for the season, Jesus. Hey, I've been a little more busy than I care to have been here lately, and I've been trying to slow down all at the same time. Taking time to slow down is so important for all of us and taking time to hear from God so that we can just remove these distractions. And that's important for us to be able to do it, right? So we're here in the Advent season. And this past week, we covered peace, his promised peace. And we're going to go through the gospels today. And it lines up with what we've been talking about with his peace during this Advent week. So as we prepare our hearts and our minds for the message, I want you to be thinking about his peace. You know, can you reflect back on a time that where and place where you like to go to recharge and find that place of peace? For a place to point you back to God uh, so that you can see all that he's created and rest in it. So let me just pray and we'll get started. Father, thank you so much for your goodness. Thank you for the ability to bless the families around us uh, so that we can point them all back to you, Jesus. Thank you for this time to worship you through prayer, through quietness and through opening up your word. So Father, today as we open up your word, as we dig in, help us to hear a word from you. Help us to see you in a new way. And Father, I ask that your peace that surpasses all understanding will just wrap around each and every one of us. As we're here in this Christmas time, this Advent time, as we're anticipating and celebrating the birth of you, Father. We can get really busy in the midst of everything with all the activities and family things and the stress and stressors of the season um, because of the external stuff. God, just resonate in our hearts. Fill us up and let us see you in a new way. And so, Father, we just say thank you in advance for what you're going to do. And we just give this day to you. We love you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Guys, today we're going to look at peace. So what does Merriam-Webster define peace? They define it as a peace as a state of tranquility or quiet, a freedom from oppressive thoughts or emotions. So when you think about peace, what do you think of? Do you think about peace and quiet? You know, if you're in the realm of having kids under the age of six, I imagine that's where your head went to immediately, to peace and quiet. Or maybe you're, you're thinking about peace in amongst those that are all around you right now. Maybe it's even peace on earth, because this is the time that people start thinking about peace on earth. Well, when I think about peace, 
There are a number of items that always come to mind for me, but the first item is God's peace. You know, how or where do you find your peace using that definition? You know, I'm thinking about a time for you to truly rejuvenate and to sit within his peace, within God's peace. You know, for me, it's, it's going out into nature and to be out in, in his creation, alive and well, and see it moving. I love the early mornings and going out fishing and sitting on a silent lake just before the full sunrise and watching that steam or the fog just rise off that water. That right there, plus quietly fishing, oh man, that's, that's like perfect peace. It gives me the opportunity to slow down it gives me the opportunity to reconnect with God. Or maybe it's hiking in the mountains. I love that. Or going through a state park. You know, if you're lucky, maybe it's a, a remote place in the Caribbean. Watching the palm trees sway back and forth. The waves washing up on the beach. And the warm sun on your skin. You know, it's finding time like that with God that can really recharge your batteries. You see, there's this quote, that there is not one blade of grass, there is no color in this world that is not intended to make us rejoice, from John Gallup. What a great quote from this theologian. You know, I came across that quote while I was studying for today, and it really put all of it right into place. What a great reminder of the beauty that God has created for us to enjoy and to be glad in it. You know, being in nature can bring that inner and outward peace. It removes those distractions and allows for you to sit, relax, and recharge. So, you know, when's the last time that you've sat in peace to connect with God in your quiet time? You know, either before your kids are up or late at night. You know, when's the last time that you did that? That you just created that space to be able to listen and reflect on His Word and to quietly listen to a worship song? so that you can remove the distractions that are around you and allow him to speak to you. For most of us, it's, it's been a long time. And it can be a long time for all of us. Because everyone is home, we're all being virtual. It's, it's been a long time and our batteries are in low and in, even at critical levels. You see, we can all get caught up in the busyness of these days, in the busyness of our culture, to get sucked into all that's going on all around us. But let's take a look at Luke 24, 36, and we're going to read this together. All right, guys, we uh, had just finished Luke 24 last week, so if you missed it that time with us, uh, it was a great time to just recall and recount the story uh, of Jesus appearing to the disciples on the road to Emmaus. So if you missed that, go back last week, check it out. Uh, we're continuing on here in our series, and um, this is just a, a great time for us just to look and see and talk about the reawakening of who Jesus is and what he's doing. And right now, this, this reawakening, when you think of that, you can think of yourself getting turned back on and, and fired up. And when we find the peace of Jesus, that's where we find the true, true reawakening in us so that we can rest in knowing who he is and, and having him be a part of our lives and, and being there with us. So like I said yesterday, or yesterday, last week, uh, Luke 24, we were covering the, the road to Emmaus and going through that story and how the, the disciples were 
on fire for Jesus. They recalled the old stories and then Jesus revealed himself to them and they left immediately to go back to tell all the disciples. So right here is where we're gonna be picking up in Luke 24, 36, where all the disciples are together. And in essence, they're, they're kind of in a tizzy because they're at this point now that Jesus' body is gone. They kind of forgot that after three days he's gonna rise. Jesus then shows up to these disciples on the road to Emmaus, shows him who he is reveals himself, and then those disciples run back to tell all the other disciples. So that's where we're seeing right here, immediately following, that Jesus is coming in to be with them. And so in Luke 24, 36, going to start reading right here. It says, while they were still talking about this, so they're talking about what the disciples said, and Jesus himself stood among them and said to them, peace be with you. You know, you can circle, underline, highlight, dotted line all around it, peace be with you. Verse 32, it says, they were startled and frightened, thinking that, they, thinking that they had saw a ghost. You see, they were still in complete disbelief. They'd, they'd forgotten what God had taught them, what Jesus had taught them while he was here. He was going to rise again. And so they were just at a complete loss. So it goes on to say in verse 38, he said to them, why are you troubled and why do doubts rise in your minds? You see, he's kind of pointing them back and pulling them back. Why? Verse 39 says, look at my hands and my feet. See, he's showing him the, them the evidence and trying to comfort them and to bring awareness to them. You know, it is myself, he said, touch me and see. A ghost does not have flesh and bones as you see that I have. And you see, if you look at it, the uh, story in John shortly after this one, it sh talks about the doubting Thomas. And so Luke is kind of combining both of those stories. And so that's the touch me and see aspect uh, that is brought into here. Because um, I'm sure that there's other disciples and apostles that were still questioning it. But that's really why Luke is bringing that up, because he doesn't mention it. Uh, anything about the doubting Thomas, as we all have heard, known, and seen in scriptures uh, from John. So this is here why I think... That's why, and that's what they're pointing back to, why Luke mentioned that, the touch me and see. And that also brings that peace, that, that comfort, so that they know and that he's real and that he's right there with them. So verse 40, when he said this, that's Jesus, he showed them his hands and his feet. And while they still did not believe, and they still did not believe it because of the joy and amazement, he asked them, do you have anything here to eat? You see, even when Jesus was right there and present and showing them, they still were confused and, and, and didn't even know. And he said, do you have anything here to eat? For, verse 42, so they gave him a piece of broiled fish and he took it and he ate it in their presence. That's to really confirm and affirm that he is not a ghost. He is really him. Verse 44, he said to them, this is what I told you. Underline, highlight. This is what I told you while I was still with you. Everything must be fulfilled. Everything that must be fulfilled that is written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and in the Psalms. See, he's even again pointing them back to the scriptures and saying, this is going to be the fulfillment. This is who I am. This is where I'm going. Uh, verse 45, then he opened their minds so that they could understand the scriptures. Kind of like that light bulb moment. Bing. Now they know, now they see. God's making it evident, making it real right there for them. Verse 46, he, he told them, This is what it is written. The Christ will suffer and arise from the dead on the third day, and repentance and forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all the nations beginning at Jerusalem. 
So the teaching, the spreading of the good news, going out and telling everyone. Verse 48, you are witnesses of these things. I'm going to send you what my Father has promised. But stay in the city until you have been clothed with the power from on high. And so when he says that, with the power from on high, that's the Holy Spirit, which we'll see that later, that he just empowers them with the Holy Spirit. And so what is awesome here is Jesus saying, peace be with you. You see, this, this story is in Luke and in John, and there's different aspects that kind of pull back and forth between the two. But it is a fantastic aspect of him, Jesus showing himself and showing the apostles and the disciples, this is me. Peace be with you, and come follow, remember, and now go and go tell. So what a perfect reading for us today in the midst of Advent, and all that is going on all around us. You know, this is a pretty good tie back about how the disciples were. See, they were confused, they were lost, they were hopeless. It's really like we are here today in this world, right? You know, I love how we can look to Jesus for peace. Did you notice how his, his presence and evidence that it was him, did you see that it didn't comfort the disciples? You know, I found that really interesting. He told them, he showed them, but they didn't let his peace come upon them and just set them straight and free. But what did he do? He pointed them back. He pointed them back to the scriptures, back to the truth, and back to him so that they can see that the scriptures pointed back to him. He met them at their point and he helped them along their way. You see, he was discipling his disciples at this moment and showing us how to do it from the breaking of the bread to the opening of scriptures, to the listening and to the talking. All right, let's pull from the scriptures here uh, at these Hebrew and Greek words and we can see them. They're, they're the words of Shalom, Irene, and Nuach. You see, those are in our sermon notes. So if you want to take the time to go out and download those, you can text the word gathering to 66599 and it'll give you the link or you can click on the link up above. Uh, you can see all the links and then you can click on gathering guide and it's going to have the sermon notes for today. So be sure, be sure to go out there and do that, capture it or just pull out pencil and paper, write some things down. So when we look here at these biblical writings, you see, peace is shown as the wholeness that comes when we are in alignment with God's creative and redemptive purposes. You see, peace can refer to the cessation of war or the biblical concept of peace is often just broader than that. Though, And it's the word shalom. And shalom means soundness or peace. And it can refer to the wholeness or well-being in general as well as to even political and interpersonal peace. You know, other Hebrew words within the, the same aspects of peace include verbs that denote different states of quietness, of rest, and of completion. You see, have you noticed that peace carries this cosmic connotation in which all aspects of creation, both human and non-human, should exist in harmony with each other? You see, the Jewish concept of shalom undergirds the Christian's view of peace. For the early Hebrews, Yahweh would have been seen as Shalom. You can see that in Judges 6.24, which is referring to him as the state of being well. 
You know, in this world and all that we have that's going on around us, when, we, when do you just sit and rest in God's peace? When do you take the time to just sit? You know, you might have some quiet time in the morning or evening to do that. But here's a great verse, a great verse in Psalms 119, 165. It says, great peace have those who love your law and nothing can make them stumble. You see, peace is not the absence of conflict, but is the sure and steady conviction that God is with us in the midst of our struggles and in the midst of these challenges in our lives. You see, when Psalm 119 speaks, it speaks of peaceful people who do not stumble. It does not mean that their journey is lacking or lacking the chance of stumbling. And it doesn't mean that the very presence of real hardship and difficulty is not there. In fact, it's, it's where we are reminded here and elsewhere in the scripture, actually. We are hard pressed on every side, right? Yeah, we're not crushed. We are perplexed, but we're not in despair. We're persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. That's a song, or you can go back to 2 Corinthians 4 and see that. You know, let's look at the word Irene, which is Greek, and it means peace. And it's the state of well-being, or even concord. You see, in the New Testament, this term translated into peace is there, and it occurs in every New Testament book except 1 John. It's frequent in Luke um, at 14 times, followed by Romans and 10 times. In Ephesians, it's in there eight times. You know, it carries the same meaning of well-being as expressed in Shalom. Thus, the phrase, go in peace, can function as a farewell phrase that simply means be well. You know, Ephesians, it, it describes Christ creating a new humanity by healing the divisions between the Jews and Gentiles and making peace, or Irene, between them, and making that peace between them, and by being our peace. You see, the idea of God being and bringing peace is not simply a New Testament idea. Yahweh is identified as the peace in the Old Testament, as I mentioned earlier, and he promises to give peace to his people if they obey his laws. You see, the robust sense of peace given throughout the Old Testament and the New Testament is an important element of the ultimate hope for what God will accomplish in the end. This peace, it is, it's both the cessation of war and the well-being and harmonious living of all of God's restored creation, which is brought about by the, the saving activity of the Messiah. You see, lastly here, let's look at Noach, which is the Hebrew word that means to settle down or rest. It's the action of stopping or cessation of activity. This verb is primarily denotes to the rest brought about by activity that has stopped. Like Noah's ark comes to rest on Mount Ararat by ceasing to float in the waters that had receded. And when God rested, Nuach, on the Sabbath, he did so to mark the end of his creative work. And how fitting is that word, Nuach? It's just like Noah, if you look at it. It's very close to it, and it's just a, a great reflection of him resting and trusting in peace, in God's peace, and following him where he goes. These words are all basically meaning the word peace, or a reflection of peace. Ways to get us all recentered into God's peace. And that's what we need during this time of year. 
We don't need to turn and run hard. We don't need to have full schedules. We don't need to buy everything that's underneath the sun. We need to rest in his hope and his peace. And as we'll look into next week, we need to rest in his love and his joy. You know, as we slow down to have margin and rest, his peace will just be with us as we walk into our offices, our homes, our neighborhoods, and we can be change agents. We'll be the thermostat and not the thermometer. Do you know the difference between those two? Right? You know it, right? A thermometer only reacts to what is going on around them. Whereas that thermostat, it will create and maintain the atmosphere. It makes the change. So let's cultivate this atmosphere of his peace. As we are waiting in these long COVID-induced checkout lines, as we're stuck in traffic, as we're interacting with our coworkers, our neighbors, our families, and our friend, let's go and be peacemakers. As it says in Matthew 5, 9, blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God, who is the God of peace. The word in Matthew 5, 9 would perhaps be better rendered as peace workers, implying not merely making peace between all those that are around us, but working peace as that which is the will of God of peace for men. So that's what I want for you today. I want you to be able to rest in his presence, to rest in his peace, and let that be at the center of you. Because when we have peace at the center of us, it guides us, it leads us, and we can and be empowered from within that and to carry it into the world. So we can be the peacemakers or the peace workers, like I just said. So that we can come into situations, we can be that thermostat, and we can change that atmosphere around us. And being in God's presence and seeking his peace is that atmosphere of change that we all long for, that we all seek, and that we all want. So let's go to prayer. Father, thank you so much for this time. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your power and your presence. Father, thank you for this time to learn about your peace. Father, we welcome you fully into us. Fill us with your Holy Spirit. Let us slow down. Let us get well-grounded into who you are. And Father, may we see you in new and better and different ways. Father, may we go from here and create that time and create that space so that we can experience and enjoy the peace that comes from you. And Father, may that be a time that just fills us full so that we're overflowing and that we can just impact all those that are around us, that we can be that thermostat, that we can change the atmosphere wherever we walk into so that we can reflect and point them back to you. Scott, we ask that you help each and every one of us. Father, I lift up to you everywhere where that we are right now, where we are with this world and with COVID-19 and the fears and the anxiety. God, I just ask that your peace that surpasses all understanding will surround all these family members, that you will cover our community, that you'll bring healing, that you'll bring hope. Father, that we'll be able to point others right back to you because you are the reason for everything and that we do, that we breathe, how we interact. And so, God, we just say thank you so much for what you're doing. And so, Father, as we go from here, let us go in your peace. And, Father, may you just guide us and lead us in every aspect. And we just say thank you in advance for what you're doing. We love you, Jesus. We praise you. We glorify your name.
it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, guys, thanks for joining us today. Hey, uh, didn't mention it earlier, but go out and grab some of the communion elements. I would love for you guys to take communion on your own. Uh, at each of the gatherings, we have a table in the back. Uh, if we are not taking communion together, you have the opportunity to go back and take it each week if you want to. Would love for you to go back there, take the time to uh, take and remember and see. And if you don't want to take it then, you can take the elements back with you and take it throughout the week. Uh, sometime during the week, or like you do at home, open up some juice, any type of liquid, open up a bread or anything that's a semblance of that, and then you can use that as a, a semblance or a symbol of who Jesus is. And you can just make it a symbol of bread. You can make a symbol of juice. And you can take those elements, you can remember, recall, and get reconnected, and just get regrounded for the weeks and the days ahead. So guys, I am so proud of you. I'm so thankful for you. I'm ready to celebrate Christmas next week, uh, either online here or in person. And I'm um, just grateful to be on this journey with you. So thank you for joining us. Thank you for loving us. And uh, we'll see you next week at 10 a.m. I uh, love you guys so much. Have a great week.